Hello and welcome to episode 168 of Effect. Not live from Essen, Spiel 21. I'm Dave and I wasn't at Essen this year. And I'm Matthew and I was. So <laughs> I want to talk about it because it was very exciting. Well, I, I'm very excited by it. I don't know whether Dave will be as excited as I am. So that's um, that will form, I think, the, the meat of this episode. But before that... We've got um, plenty of news uh, from the world of gaming that we want to talk about. Yep. Um, and and that's it, <laughs> actually. <laughs> nice build-up, Matt. We've got one thing to talk about. Excellent. <laughs> We've got a number of things to talk about. We've got loads to talk about, actually, yeah. Yeah, so we shouldn't uh, downplay that. So um, we haven't got any new patrons to thank, but I just want to thank all our existing patrons. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you, everybody. Um, so you made it back from Essen Alive then, Matt, obviously. I did. And, you know, um, going to Essen was very exciting for me because, A, I was going to Essen, and you and I have discussed going to Essen uh, a number of times yep. before. Uh, B, I was actually travelling out of the country for the first time in what feels like two years. What is two years, just about? Yeah, yeah. And um, and, and, and there was a third reason as well, but I've forgotten that. Oh, yeah, just <laughs> earning money with um, uh, going you know, to work for uh, Free League. I always like working for Free League and mm. representing Free League. And, and surely you the, know, the fourth one is just to spend some time with the lovely Anna and the lovely Martin and obviously um, yeah. Francesca. And and uh, Francesco as well. It was really lovely. We had some lovely, splendid sort of uh, kind of hurried uh, meals at the end <laughs> of the evening because in Essen they seem to have their dinner early and we finish quite late. You know, we, the, the show only stops at seven. Yeah. So not much time to sit back and enjoy a meal. Although, uh, well, we can talk about this. Actually, when we get, let's get on to the bit of the Essen diary and we can talk all about those experiences. Okay, that sounds uh, good. Shall we, shall we kick off, first of all, with the world of gaming? Yes, go on then. What, uh, what do you want us to kick off with? We've got quite a lot to talk about. Yeah, so um, the first thing that I thought was kind of interesting is uh, the efforts to unionise at Paizo. Mm. Uh, um, you know, I think... Uh, we talked before about Kickstarter and their efforts to kind of uh, suppress unionisation. I'm not commenting at all on uh, whether Paizo are keen on unionisation or otherwise. I just think it's interesting that the industry itself is getting to a size that the workers in the industry can think of themselves not just as freelancers getting kicked about, but as an organised workforce. Yeah. And I'm all for unions generally. Um, so I just think it's really interesting that this little industry of ours, um, you know, might well be able to sustain uh, unions. Mm. Well, I think, you know, like you say, this little industry of ours has actually got some quite big players and quite big companies in it now. And that that um, kind of critical mass is, uh, you know, is building. So, um, mm. and as you say, there's the, you know, I mean, generally the rates for freelancing and all the rest of it are, pretty poor i mean they're they're very low i, I you know i get why uh, you know these companies Ooh, you sound like you speak from experience there Dave. <laughs> um uh, well experience of kind of discussing them um mm. i mean we, we yeah we're very lucky i'm very lucky in that the 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 work that i'm doing at the moment i'm i'm very very pleased and very 
lucky to get the rates you know that that, that we get um but i think there's obviously a drive for big companies and well for any company to save money and 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 that has led historically to quite low rates for um, for freelancers um obviously the better the industry does and the more money coming into the industry by people buying things then hopefully the uh there can be an upward pressure on on all of those aspects of income for those people working in it yeah i it, i was thinking a bit uh a couple of days ago about prices for rpg books because mm. you know i often hear all oh, that feels quite expensive for an rpg book but it suddenly dawned on me that most rpg books are full color hardbacks large format books with, with a lot the of price a lot of illustration loads of illustration and they sell for the price of a couple of decent hardback novels yeah which are you know black and white just typeset very little illustration if any and it feels to me that i'm not convinced we're paying enough for our books yeah um which and, and i think also I mean, that because if you think about the amount of uh you know something quite kind of perhaps mechanistic but it's the, the the cost per hour or something of of entertainment you'll get from something. Now, you know, a game book of a game that we play a lot, I don't know, let's say Pendragon. You know, how many hours mm-hmm. have we played Pendragon? How many entertainment hours have we had from the books that Andy has bought back in the day? Yes. And actually, the, the, the value per hour gets better and better and better the more you play it. Whereas if you get a book, exactly, if you get a yeah. book that you read, you read it once, that might take you a few hours or you know twenty hours or something depending on the book, but then you've read it, and unless you read mm. it again a year or two later, that's your investment for entertainment gone. is gone. Yeah, so I think yeah. it's a bit like you know we talk about video games that oh yeah you might pay ten quid a month to play World of Warcraft, um, but for me okay I don't play it anymore, but back in the day when I played it, I played a lot of hours. And so mm. I was paying pence, if that, per hour of entertainment on that game. And it's a similar thing, I think, as you say, with a good role-playing game book or a good board game where you you get a lot of hours of entertainment for your investment up front. Mm. Well, that's an interesting thing, though. Uh, I, uh, I, I wonder whether the market needs to think about this because I'm aware that you and I... And we're not the worst at this, but we are both guilty of it, is we often invest in a role-playing game and never play it. Mm. Now, we don't we don't spend much money on those role-playing games that we never play. And luckily, you know, we we've we've tapped the seam here of the Year Zero engine, which you and I love, and we we buy all those games. But even then, you know, stuff like uh Tales in the Loop, we've played once and we've got all the books for that. Um yeah. So, so sometimes a book like that, we're not getting our value for money out of because you know we're just not playing it enough. Well, that's, but again, that's, that's oh, fair enough. But I'd, I'd say there's two things here, um, or, or maybe three. One, if if you're if you're on a budget and you pick up a game that you maybe you've played it before, you know you love it, then you will get a lot of value out of your the money you spend on that game. If you're lucky like me, you know I'm. I'm well enough off to be able to afford to kind of collect some of these books. So mm. I can, with my eyes open, spend money on a book um, for a game that I suspect I might never play. Or if I do play it, I might not play it a lot. And I'm lucky enough to be in that position. And I, I love 
you know, collecting great games and I enjoy reading them. Um, so I think there's a two things there. But if you're lucky enough to be able to afford to be a collector in that sense, you know, as I am, then that's great. If you're not, then if you're picking the games you love, you still should get great value out of that particular game. I yes, guess. yes. That's what I think. And I just wonder whether we ought to mature as a marketplace and buy fewer games but spend more on the games mm. that we love and yeah. and you know and get our value for money out of them. Um which although, although it's saying, interesting. What was it we were talking about on the Discord the other day? about a company that was offering you had the oh so yes actually you had the pdf for free but the actual the actual printed books were were felt to be super expensive that was degenesis and the company was uh six more vodka yes and they did try an interesting experiment of saying look fall in love with the game with our free pdfs and then reward us by buying our really quite expensive books yeah which are really you know it's a risky strategy. Uh, it, they, they felt really quite expensive to me, but I wonder, I, this might have been what was prompting my thought about um, about the cost of books in general. It, maybe we should be paying that sort of level for the books and buying fewer of them um, and then supporting companies to pay, you know, decent wages and, um, you know, have a yeah. unionized workforce. Mm. To get back to what the original <laughs> discussion yes. this topic yes. was all about. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just think it, it's interesting to see that you know after forty years odd, the marketplace is getting big enough to be able to support unionised workers. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, it's, in, um, it's it's very interesting, is it? Because you know prices have inflated over the years. I I used to bulk at a board game that was anything over twenty five or thirty quid. Now you can't get a board game for twenty five or thirty quid. You're going to be getting, you could be spending seventy or a hundred, and that's fine. I think if the quality of the game is, you know, the production values of the game are are sufficient, and the game is good enough that you're going to play it a lot, then actually I think that's fine. It might, like you say, it might mean that you buy fewer games, but the games you do buy are potentially going to be the really good ones and from companies and designers who deserve to be rewarded for their talent. Um, it might mean that other companies have just got to produce better games, perhaps. But, I mean, the example I would use is Nemesis, which is a board game that I bought, I kickstarted a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember how much that was. It was quite expensive. It was going to be 100 quid plus. But I have had so many hours out of that game and so much fun and pleasure um that you know the 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 cost per hour of entertainment is is really low uh, and if you think about things that that you know you spend money on for entertainment so you might go to the cinema say four if you go to the cinema to watch a two-hour movie that's going to cost you 50 quid <laughs> you know yeah um yes so what about spending 50 quid on a book that you'll get much more than two hours entertainment out of mm. so Anyway, it's just about, I guess, um, prioritising what you want to spend your money on, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, I, 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 I think my, my conclusion is this is all feeling like the market uh, maturing and, uh, you know, ancillary to this, but I think vitally important, you know, the guys from Critical Role, 
we their their income from Twitch was leaked in a big Twitch leak a couple uh, of weeks ago. Was it? Okay. It's it's massive, obviously. Um, but also, of course, there you know there, there's soon to be an animated uh, version of their adventures on Amazon Prime. Okay. So you know the the old geek when we were geeks at school um uh, being laughed at by everybody else for sitting playing these games that has moved on now yeah. we're it, we seem to be in the middle of a geek but mainstream culture which is good <laughs> surely for everybody like us and for paizo and for the unionized workers working at paizo and everything so yeah completely. You know, this is just the maturity of the market yeah i think um grown-ups playing games well i mean talking about talking about paying the right amount for a game and, and, you know, kind of being morally obliged to pay, you know, what you should for a good game. Um, what about free RPG day then, Matt? How did you do there? How did you do that? Brilliant segue I that got, is. I got well, nothing um, from RPG, free RPG day. I've, I never have. I've never actually looked into it. So I don't know what I'm missing out on, but you, you get in there like a bandit in a, in a gold mine, don't you? Well, uh, yeah, so this is a particularly just a case. Free RPG Day takes place uh, every year, and it's a way of supporting local game shops. Um, so they buy a bundle of, uh, you know, a, a case full of free RPGs that have been kind of donated by a number of different companies. Um, what we didn't get this year was much idea in advance of which companies they were. Mm. But they turn up then and they will do a free RPG day event at your local, friendly local gaming store. And the idea is that it encourages you to go there, maybe to actually buy something while you're there, like the excellent copies of Alien that we have for sale at um, my local gaming store. <laughs> you're not allowed to use the podcast as a platform to advertise your local game store, Matthew. I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, not until they give me the money to do so. How about that? <laughs> not until, sponsored not, by not the game they, shop, order shop. Not until <laughs> they give me the money to do so. Not you. They already pay you. <laughs> they pay me minimum wage. But anyway, uh, so this, uh, so you, and you can pick up something for free, and it might be something new and introduce you to a new game, which you might then go and go oh, back to the game store. By and, the way, by the way, don't think I didn't hear you slip in the location of the game shop there earlier. So you can <laughs> you can just edit that out, mate. Okay. I will. I promise. I promise. I'll edit out the free advert for the game shop order shot. Um, but of course, I couldn't go to Free RPG Day myself this year because I was in Germany at Essen selling a lot of games that were decidedly not free. <laughs> but the beauty of working at the game shop order shop is you can turn up uh, the day after and say, um, so, did you get rid of everything? And they said, no, go and rummage around in the box. It's stored in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> so, I have picked up a number of things which I can presume other people didn't want. But they're very interesting things. And I thought it was worth uh, briefly discussing them. And maybe I should uh, put a blog post together as well so people can see them and get into them. The first one I wanted to talk about was a tiny little pamphlet. Just not many pages long. I don't know how many pages long it is. Uh uh, six, seven, eight, nine, twelve pages, maybe. Um, twelve or sixteen, because of course pages always comes in multiples of four. Um, and it's called Vast Grim, and it is a space version of Merkboyer. Okay. Basically. Yeah. So Vast Grim into the wormhole is a quick start rules and adventure, uh, and 
Uh, its illustration is very pink and purple and black. Uh, its typesetting isn't quite as elegant as the typesetting of Merc Boyer, mm -hmm. but it's uh, obviously inspired by Merc Boyer. And then when you get to the end of the back page, it says compatible with Merc Boyer. Mm. So uh, that's a nice little space adventure. I thought I might even run that online at some point. Okay, cool. See if people like it. Um, and that shouldn't take very long either. It should be quick. Uh, the other one I really quite like, and I think makes free RPGs something special, is volume two of a thing they did last year. And I didn't pick it up last year. I didn't see it last year. I think, again, I was doing something else during free RPG day. And I didn't work at a game shop then. Uh, but it's a bunch of indie designers games that are put together uh, by level nine, uh, ninth level games. And they basically have combined a bunch of indie games from lots of indie game designers into a little book. And this is many more pages than 12. Uh, it's perfect bound, so it may not be a multiple of four. Um, Can you stop going on about multiples of four, please? <laughs> <laughs> I, think we've got, I think we've got the message now, Matt. It's okay. Uh, I think it's a 96-page book in total, and it's got lots of little one-stroke-two-page um, role-playing games with uh, little notes at the top about how many players you need, uh, whether it's uh, all audiences or whether it's, uh, you know, 13 up or things like that. Cool. A whole bunch of little games to play for free. And it's not just, um, you know, I don't even know which company I should be really thanking for this, uh -huh. uh, who's behind Level 9 Games, but they're introducing us to a whole bunch of indie creators. Yeah, nice. Who may well be the mainstream creators of the future. So yeah. I think that's excellent. And I think everybody should pick up a copy of this at their local game store if it's still hanging around after Free RPG Day. Cool. Nice. Um, then I've got uh, a thing called Junior Brave Survival Guide. And remember earlier, uh, you know, a few months ago, we were thinking about whether we might do a sort of summer camp thing for. Um, yes. Uh, UK Games Expo Luke. next year. So this comes from Renegade Games and comes from their Kids on Bikes um, brand yep. uh, line. And Kids on Bikes is a little bit like Stranger Things in that it's kids on bikes having adventures. <laughs> but this is based in, um, obviously, Summer Camp. And uh, I just thought I'd pick that up and we could nick ideas for it and... Um, Cool. Uh, and, and maybe for, for our multiple ones. So that looked really good. Again, that is um, 24 pages long. So, you know, good. Uh, um. there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Move along. I also... Nothing to see here. Move along, everybody. Move along. Now, do you remember when we were at school and we played Talisman? Played what? Talisman. Yes. Yeah. The board game from yeah, yeah. Games Workshop, as it was then, yep. uh, which was kind of a, one of the first attempts to um, board gamify role-playing. Uh, well, things have come full circle, and I have here from Pegasus Spieler, which is a German company, a quick-start adventure for the Talisman role-playing game. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, so I haven't looked at that at all, but I thought I'd pick that up. Um, and it's kind of interesting, isn't it? Because now, this is... If you look on the back, it says official licensed product of Warhammer. So now we've got Cubicle 7 making both uh, the original sort of Warhammer Fantasy roleplay plus uh, a bunch of other Warhammer 40k 
and Warhammer Age of Sigmar role-playing mm. games. And this this is apparently another Warhammer role-playing game, but it's branded Talisman and um, okay. I was some skills in it. I was I was shocked and uh, dismayed uh, at the our our weekly cafe meeting that we have with our patrons yesterday. Um, oh really? Because I wasn't there because I was working. When uh, when when Bruce referred to Warhammer Fantasy role playing as Woofrug. Now, Woofrug. Appa- now apparently Woofrug is all the rage for describing Warhammer Fantasy role playing. I've never I've never heard it called that before, and I just well, thought, I've not heard it with a G on the end. I have heard it called Woofrup with yeah. a P on the end. So I just just thought I'd mention that Woofrug. I was dismayed yeah. and disgusted by Woofrug. It's outrageous. Why not just call it Warhammer Fantasy Role Playing? It's much, much better. <laughs> anyway. It's a lot of words. Though. I think um, I think Bruce and the others were shocked that I'd never heard of Woofrug in that sense. Mm. I had obviously heard no. of Woofrug because I've I've got Woofrug and I've uh, I haven't actually played the second edition of. Woofrug. No, you've got Warhammer Fantasy Role Play. <laughs> but I, they they were surprised I'd never heard of it referred to as Woofrug. Oh well, just there we go. Shocking, we go. shocking performance all round um now if you uh, do you remember the existence i'm not sure it's one that we played of a board game called zombie side yes I, I i might have it i've got a zombie game is it called zombie side or yeah. not i'm not sure it might be called zombie side uh zom- well um that came from uh the quick start geniuses cool minis or what or no cool Cool minis or what are they called? They're Simon, and I think that stands for cool minis or something. And it's just gone out of my head entirely. Uh, anyway, um, uh, cool Simon are now the employers of your friend of mine, uh, Francesco Nepitello, and mm-hmm. his name is indeed in the credits for this cool. the Zombie Side Chronicles role playing game. Uh, so. Cool. Uh, this is a post-zombie apocalypse role-playing game with an adventure, and I thought it might be one that we might be interested in running. So I picked that one up too. Okay, I'd be quite interested to have a look at that. You know me, I'm always, for a long time, I've been really interested in a good post-apocalyptic zombie 28 Days Later style kind of game. So I'd be interested to have well, a look I, at that. I kind of picked it up for you, Dave. I oh, kind of picked you. it up for you. So this... This isn't. This is. This is the first year where you do get some benefit out of free. Oh, sorry. Would you like me to pay you for it? <laughs> no, no. no. Okay. See, I don't well, mind paying for now, my role playing so yes, games. Yeah. I'm happy to pay for my gaming. <laughs> There's another freebie that I have picked up with you in mind, Dave. See, see, you say I never think about you, and <laughs> I do. You just think about me all the time, don't you? In a in a nice rosy, soft focus glow. No, no, I don't. <laughs> Yes, you do. So I picked up uh, Star Trek Adventures uh, Quick Start. Okay. It was free. And obviously, you know the rules of Star Trek Adventures, and I know you don't like them very much, but there is also <laughs> an adventure in the back here. Uh, one, one, so thing, I thought, um, one thing we were talking about yesterday, because I was, I was, we've got our, our, uh, our retreat coming up, and I was musing <laughs> with our friends and patrons um, about my, my crisis what of confidence over what I should run. And yeah. they, I, I mentioned about Star Trek and all that, and they mentioned something called Far Trek. Far uh, Trek. Now, which is a, a, a role-playing game, in an indie thing created in 2011 that then mm. stopped 
in 2016. So you can get it on a PDF, but you can't get a hard copy of it. And apparently, according to our guides, it's really good. So it's role-playing back in the original series time. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't picked up the, uh, the, uh, the PDF yet. I probably will, actually. But uh, no, I just thought it was interesting that... Um, Never heard of this before because because obviously everyone knows that I was putting together my Star Trek Year Zero, yeah, Zero. Thing, which I haven't yeah. finished. But um, and then thought probably I wouldn't bother finishing it because I'd never be able to do anything with it anyway. Because no, and it's not like we haven't got lots of other projects on the go. No, precisely, precisely. Uh, so, um, but yeah, they mentioned this Star Trek, so I might have a little look at that. Not that I'm about to run Star Trek again, but uh, hmm. yeah, sorry, just an interesting well, aside. There might be some adventure there for you in that yeah. book. And then the other one is a massive book that, you know, given away for free. I am just trying to look for a page count here, <laughs> seeing even printed page numbers on here. But let me tell you, it is very thick. So thick, as thick as some of the early role-playing game books that we would get in the early days of role-playing games. Mm-hmm. You know, and the... Like, this is stapled, but it is uh, maybe as thick as uh, second edition RuneQuest, for example, Mm -hmm. in terms of the size of it. And this is a freebie, and it's from um, the guys at Green Rodin Publishing, and it is their Blue Rose quick start. And Blue Rose is romantic fantasy, but based on their, their AGE engine. Okay. Um, so, uh, you know, it's a medieval fantasy, but with more romance and stuff. Oh. And I thought, why hasn't everybody going to 3RBG Day picked this one up? Uh, because, you know, it feels to me incredible value for money, given yeah. that the money is free. <laughs> yeah. Beautifully illustrated, full colour throughout. Um, I mean, is it just that people who turn to game, game shops don't want to deal with anything romantic? I don't know. Yeah, but, interesting. Um, I you know this this inspires me to want to play it just just in the size of the amount of value they've given us in paper and illustration frankly mm-hmm. cool interesting so I think I will um uh, take some photos of these just because uh, uh, you obviously haven't seen them just to talk about I think the quality and variety you get at uh, yeah, uh, cool. the RPG date and why it's worth um going to your store and supporting your store as yeah. you go nice. given this was just the leftovers yeah, 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 absolutely. And the thing we did at the game shop is people were, you know, also running games. So I know somebody was running Alien, somebody else was running Numenera. Um, cool. And there were a couple of D&D games, and there was Call of Cthulhu. Nice. And there was something else at least. So, you know, you get in, have a free game, pick up some free stuff. Buy Why some not? stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, and also buy some stuff, please, so that my salary keeps getting paid. <laughs> cool. Good stuff. Well, we should have made that a separate item because we're still only part way through uh, World of Gaming. Uh, we've, we've been blathering on for half an hour nearly. Well, let's yeah. crack on. What's next then? What else have we got to say? Okay, well, the other thing is I have got, and I've actually got this, I've got the Tales from the Loop board game. You, did you, you, you didn't back it, did you? I did back it, yeah. So I'm going to get another oh, okay. one. <laughs> okay. Oh, so at least you backed it then. Um, yes. Yeah, because I backed it but as I've well. Got, but, uh, I've got the only one that's in Europe, as far as I'm aware. Um, <laughs> which uh, last time I looked, and it was a it was a few days ago, so I'm sure it's got a bit further, a bit nearer Europe last time. But it was off the south coast of Sri Lanka last time I looked. Oh, uh, the, the, container what, the boat with, with all of the uh, the copies in. 
with all the copies in. Right, uh, okay. This particular copy had been sent in airmail, I guess, to um, to the guys at Free, Free League, League for, and they for Essen. Yeah, we they brought it to Essen, imagining I think that we were going to be selling a whole bunch of copies at Essen because we'd got the delivery. But no, that didn't hasn't happen. turned up yet. No. Um, cool. So I I expect the boat will get here to England, and there's another one going to our US distribution center, or sorry, I should say Felix US distribution mm-hmm. center. Um, we're part of the extended team, aren't we? So uh... yeah, we are. But in this mode, where where we're a fan podcast, uh, we are not merely the shorts for Free League. <laughs> no, this isn't Free League talks. Free League is it? That's true. <laughs> yeah. So um, uh, yeah. So I imagine that will probably hit warehouses at the end of the month and maybe spend a couple of weeks getting sorted out yeah, for nice. distribution to backers. How does it look? Um, have you... Uh, it looks lovely. Have you taken now, it out and given it a, given it a run yet? Is the de- Well, I haven't, actually, and I do want to get the family together to give it a proper run through because there I was trying to explain it from half-remembered rules. And luckily, I had Martin uh, Takeshi with me and obviously he, having invented it, knew the mm-hmm. rules better than me. But it does look, it looks like a great game. It it looks so role play, so much like playing uh, Tales from the Loop. Yeah. Uh, but in a board game format where you cool. don't quite know what the mystery is. Um, and the cleverness with which is put these scenario packs together so that I think you can play the same scenario a number of times and end up with different mysteries each time. Okay, nice. It looks really clever and I really want to give it a go. For yeah, the, I'm looking forward the to family. it. Yeah to sit around it i might bring it to the gaming retreat okay but no uh, uh i'm gonna bring i'm gonna bring a i've, I've um i'm gonna bring forbidden lands that's the game i'm gonna run yeah the gaming retreat cool uh so that it looks lovely the painted figures if you went for the deluxe version um the the machines as they say and if you went for the expansion the dinosaur are um, hand painted in the deluxe versions nice and they're very beautifully painted mm-hmm, I think cool. you'd be very pleased with them yeah um, so I don't think I've got much more to say about that than yeah, cool. it be- looks lovely and I'm really eager to play it be looking um, forward to getting getting hands on that yeah yeah so, so what about the um, talking of getting your hands on have you got your uh, Twilight 2000 yet no I haven't no it hasn't arrived yet uh, I know yours oh, no, has but yeah so I got mine totally unexpected yesterday Games Quest. I'm gonna. We're gonna. When we interview Games Quest, we've got to ask them about this. So, um, somebody got theirs. I noticed on Twitter that somebody had got theirs. Oh, I think no, I didn't even notice on Twitter. I think Free League sent out a little um, update saying, "Oh, people are getting theirs." Yeah. And I thought, well, I haven't had any notification about this. It's not no. happening for me. Uh, we talked about it on the Discord, and um, and then I saw the postman coming up the drive with a big parcel, and it was Twilight 2000. <laughs> Um, and I thought, well, that's odd because the thing I was expecting this week was uh, Prutrescence Regnant, the um, the album for Morkborg. Mm. Yeah. And I hadn't heard the sound of that one. Then after I got that parcel, I got a uh, you know a shipping email saying, oh, we've just put your Prutrescence Regnant in the post. And the next day I got Prutrescence Regnant as well. Yeah, getting preferential treatment, are we, Jones? Yeah, well, that's what you get, you know, for actually working hard at Essen, I guess. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, I, I've had those things. Uh, where we, where we talking? What were we talking about? We're talking about, yeah, Kickstarter's being fulfilled. Well, um, yeah. So the One Ring. What's what's happening with that then? So um, Martin 
and I think I can say this and not um, not not be undisclosed. Martin was hopeful that there would be copies in Backer's hands before Christmas. But I noticed that Free League have made an official announcement that the starter set will be available in January. So mm. I don't know whether that means that um, actually backers will be waiting until after Christmas to get their starter sets and their core books and everything else in print. Um, or whether yeah. it means backers will be getting theirs in December and then it'll go onto the market in January. But um, yeah. I think we were certainly, way, we were certainly hoping to get well, there had been a, a uh, 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 what's the right word? I mean, hope maybe is the right word. Uh, uh, maybe a long shot hope that we might have some for Dragon Meat, but I'm not sure that's yeah. going to happen. Um, but bear in mind, when they booked us to do UK Games Expo, they were thoroughly expecting us to be selling Tales from the Loot Board Game. Yeah, 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 I know. <laughs> and it's well, still everything in is, the bloody Indian Ocean. I know, everything. Maybe everything, the Suez Canal now. Everything is <laughs> so badly screwed up by by the world yeah. being so screwed up at the moment. But... Um, you know, as as with all Kickstarters, I'm I'm pretty relaxed. They'll turn up when they turn up. Um, yes. Yeah. So, but it would be nice if we could get some of those to sell at Dragon Meat and Twilight Two Thousand. That would be really cool. But um, we'll just have to wait and see what comes up in the in the stock package. And again, you may have seen my photo from uh, Essen of a copy of the the standard edition of the One Ring, which feels yes. yeah. lovely. There are cloth maps there. Now, I'm not a big fan of cloth maps, and I, you know, they're, they're beautiful, the maps, but I'd rather have them on paper. But uh, the cloth maps mm. uh, look good uh, for those who want them. The dice in the two colours, I've got to say, I love the shadow dice. They're beautiful. They're like, um, they're kind of like carved obsidian. They're really shiny black, and it's sort of slightly translucent, but shiny sort of way. Mm, absolutely gorgeous. Nice. The light dice... Less lovely, I'm afraid. But but there you go. I think you take a gamble when you produce these. Yeah. I think what they wanted was a slightly translucent feel to them, like their bone or their china or something. But Mm. um, they haven't worked as well as, for comparison, the um, uh, the dice that came for the Vessen set. Yeah. Okay. But at least there are enough to play in (laughs) in this. Cool. Uh, so yeah, so that's I think uh, all my news about um, things that we're waiting for. Yeah, nice, um, nice. Anything else? So I, I oh. had a, I had a I had a really fun chat yesterday uh, with the great guys from Band of Badgers. I was invited. Oh, yes. I was invited on to talk about Alien, which is great. So we had about an hour and twenty minutes of uh, of chat there about well, pretty much. You know everything alien. They were talking about the Colonial Marines manual and Destroyer of Worlds, and a little bit about my involvement in all of that. So that was great fun. If anybody's interested, that'll be up on YouTube probably today, um, day of recording, which is the twenty third of October, Saturday. And um, go along and have a look. Uh, I don't think I've got any kind of scoops or I- inside information that people didn't already know. Um, but it's uh, yeah, it was a great chat. There's such you know, they're such good guys. It's a real pleasure chatting with them. And uh, yeah, go along and have a listen. I'm also um, lined up to run an Alien one-shot for them on their channel in uh, all about three weeks, 12th of November. Oh, well done. So if people are interested, then come along. Uh, there'll be an Alien one-shot and I shall kill them all, hopefully. 
Well, that's that's the point, isn't that it, is, of Alien? That is my, my intention, care. of course, indeed. So which adventure are you thinking of running? Well, I'm going to run one. Uh, I'm going to have to dust it off one of my own called Just Another Bug Hunt. Oh, um, yes, a classic. Which I which I ran for Doug and his crew a couple of years ago. So I just need to dust that off. And um, yeah, that should be should be short and sharp, hopefully. <laughs> fit, fit in I, the three hour time time limit we've got so it'll be good i think when i was interviewed with them i i promised i'd run the siren for them but um, I, I think they think you still are yeah no, and, and i think they think you've got a date agreed they i i might have <laughs> i have to check it against uh my new working schedule so i think you might want to talk to them <laughs> if uh if uh, that might be a, a, a problem yeah yeah. No, because we've already had to cancel it once for something happening. I can't remember what that was. But, yeah. Um, I can't remember whether it was us, me or them that cancelled it. But, um, yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, we better get to it then. Indeed. Got to keep them sweet at the Band of Badgers or they'll come and, you know, how ferocious badgers can be. They'll come and badger us. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that was crap, wasn't it? <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. Well, that joke, no, that'll, that's good enough. That's good enough. <laughs> kind of my standard, eh? Yeah. Excellent, um, excellent. So, so I, just I really... one more bit of news, I think, which is relating to, um, you know, we talked a few weeks ago, uh, well, months ago probably now, uh, about the Into the Motherland Kickstarter, that Astrocentric yes, um, role-playing game. And another one has appeared on Kickstarter, which I think is uh, in a, a kind of contrast. It's called Kalimba. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, I, I don't uh, know a lot about it. Well, remember, we didn't know much about Into the Motherlands. No. Particularly, we didn't know even, you know, what the system was going to be. And that was purposeful on their part because they were still experimenting with systems. Um, I think they were thinking about, court, or they were, they were playtesting it in Cortex back then, but they yeah. were more interested in the setting of the system at that point. And so people there were kickstarting a game. They didn't quite know what the system was going to be. Um, Kalimba, if you want to get into an Afrocentric game where you do know what the system is and it's new to you, then check out the Kalimba Kickstarter because this is a game that has been going in Brazil for about seven years, I think. Mm, yeah. Um, and it has a system called, I think, the 3D6 system or 3D6+. It's the plus. New- New- Newton Nitro plus 2D6 system. Newton Nitro plus 2D6 system. Thank get you very much. It, get it right. <laughs> um, so I'm guessing it uses 2D6. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a system there. And I just think it's particularly interesting because I know uh, people in Brazil have struggled to get the latest Kickstarters from anywhere outside Brazil because a lot of companies now don't promise they can ship to Brazil because yeah. of issues, um, import tax duties, I guess, issues. Um, so I just thought it was nice to see one coming out of Brazil to the rest of the world. Um, and yeah, and, uh, for an Afrocentric role-playing game to have its system there ready for you to go and, and for you to have a look at. So check out that on Kickstarter. We'll put a link in the show notes. I think, I mean, maybe, uh, it might not be Afro, Afrocentric, but it's African inspired. Yes, I think so. It's uh, it's drawing a lot of influences from that. Just having a flick through the Kickstarter now, some of the artwork kind of does give me a sort of World of Warcraft feel to some of the characters. Mm, in it. Interesting. Quite, the, some of the artwork is really nice. There's some really good. 
There's some creatures there that look like Torrens out of WoW, if people are familiar with those. Uh, it looks really nice, actually. But um, they are about one-third of their way to their goal with 26 days to go. So uh, if uh, if you're if you're interested in that, go and have a look. Kalimba. Um and uh, and back it. Let's see if we can get it to uh, to get to get get its um, get its target. Get it funded. Yeah, because actually yeah. it looks quite cool, and some of the artwork is lovely. Actually, very cool. nice. Well, I was thinking I was only going to back it at PDF level because international shipping. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I think I think I might do that just so that we can help them get to support um, them. I might do that as well because yeah. it does look yeah. quite nice. And I've, I say I, I said uh, the Newton Nitro plus two D six dies as if I knew what the hell it was. Um, I obviously don't. <laughs> so You've got the Kickstarter right in front of you, Dave. Come does, on, come on. It's not explaining the dice mechanic. It just says what it is. Mm, I haven't read through it, or maybe it does further on. But um, but yeah, maybe right. backing up for the uh, for the PDF might be well worth well worth a punt for this one. Cool. And maybe if all our listeners do that, they can hit their target and we'll all have a chance to see what the... You know, because there's, there's a lot of noise out of Brazil. There's a lot of role-playing gamers in Brazil. Mm. So I'd love to see some of the stuff they were producing. Yeah, absolutely. Likewise. Um, the last cool. thing I was just going to mention for World of, uh, World of Gaming is for mm -hmm. those people who are interested in War Stories RPG that I'm working on with um, oh, Firelock yes. Games, just to say uh, we are almost at the point of putting out the version 5 playtest rules, which uh, I think Gabe is planning to put out, or he's hoping to do it earlier this week. There's a few little things that we're trying to iron out, but that'll be dropping for the playtest group on Facebook this weekend, I suspect. So if you're interested in that and you're not in that group, come along to the War Stories. Um, there's a War Stories open Facebook page. Come along and have a chat on there and get yourself invited to the playtest group. Cool. And um, will that version 5 have any of the stuff that uh, you've created for their introductory campaign in it? It doesn't have any of the camp... Oh, it does Wait, it might have the campaign in there, actually. Um mm -hmm. Oh, well, I mean, people can download it anyway. I think it probably does, yeah. Mm. Um, Even though I, you still I, I think want, that needs a bit of a hard edit still. I kind of wonder whether it should. There is definitely a bit of a hard edit that's required. This is just about getting the rules in the right place. And we've been doing quite a lot of work to kind of like file off the sharp edges of some of the rules that hadn't quite worked as well as we wanted um, and polish things up to a good to a good position. And, we, and we're getting there. So I, I had a playtest the other day um, where we came out from it afterwards without any rules suggestions. <laughs> Every playtest mm. before that had picked up something that we thought was worth just at least reconsidering. Um, That's pretty good, isn't it? That so, suggests it's getting pretty close to a final version. I think we're getting, we're pretty much there. There's a few bits and bobs that we need to iron out still, and there probably will be some things that won't be finished by the time this version 5 gets put up for playtest. But it's it's getting it's getting there. Yeah. Not far off being in a good, good spot. So, yeah, just thought I'd mention that. If anybody's interested, then come along to the Facebook and, uh, and uh, mm. yeah, see what you think. Excellent. So we've done nearly a whole episode just on World of Gaming today. Yeah, look at that. 45 minutes, <laughs> which... Um, so, yeah, I made a bit of an audio diary. Uh, cool. About... Uh, uh, about my Essen time, I didn't, uh, I didn't get as many interviews as I wanted. Uh, 
to be frank. Um, I thought uh, having discovered, uh, yeah, well, <laughs> not not a slacker. It's because I was selling games, mate. I was selling games. Oh, where's where's and, your first where's your first priority? Free league or effect? Well, when free league are paying me, I think you're fine. <laughs> it's with free league. You're just a you're just a money grubbing little money grubber, aren't you? But we did uh, we had a chance of an interview with the guys from um, James Quest, which I'm really cursing now. Now that stuff is arriving on people's doorsteps, it'd be lovely to talk about that process of mm. what fulfilment is, and I still want to do that. So I think I'm going to try and get an interview with them. We made great friends with the guys at, uh, at James Quest at Essen, and I'd like to get an interview with them. Maybe. Yeah record it over the next couple of weeks and put it in the next episode. But that's one 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 bit of content which I regret not sharing with everybody today. Now, I have got an interview with uh, the team that I met on the train on the way down there from the uh, website and video um, media conglomerate called uh, Dicebreaker. Um, nice, nice. So... Uh, I have no idea how that sounds yet because it was recorded on the train, <laughs> but uh, I will try and uh, put some of that into my audio diary as well as my impressions of the. Um, uh, so, so basically, what you're, what you're saying is that the rest of the episode from here might yeah. be very short if the qualities are awful, or it might be quite long if the quality's good. Well, you know what? I think what I'll try and do is, given that we're at forty-five minutes now, uh, and we've you know, there's very little of this we're going to cut out. I mean, yeah. most of your stuff, obviously, but very little of the rest. <laughs> cutting, out <laughs> um, the, cutting out the unpaid promotions, possibly, might want to, might want to, you know, be uh, done. Yeah, might do. Um, but then again, <laughs> if you get more customers at the game shop, then... And anyway, yeah, so um, I, I reckon I'll try and keep it to 15 minutes so nobody's getting bored with my search for a desperate cup of coffee, which is a feature of my audio diary. Which might be quite boring, though, as well, I suspect. <laughs> no, it's exciting. You is have it? to wait and see about whether I get a decent cup of coffee at the end of it. You are <laughs> you such know a how it is with coffee, me coffee twat. You really are a total coffee twat, aren't you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so... Uh, um, I, I guess I, I you haven't heard it yet because nope. I haven't heard it yet, and a <laughs> recording of this show is slightly buggered by my work and stuff. Uh, and so I'm going to be adding that on to the end of this. But are there any questions you want to ask about Essen that haven't already been addressed in uh, our previous conversation? Because Essen's come up quite a lot. So, well, already. one of the things that often happens at these kind of events is, uh, yeah, you get to chat to people, and yeah, you, know, you might catch them off guard or get them in a you know, quiet moment. So my question is, tell me all the gossip. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I will say there was gossip. And uh, sadly, uh, before we got there, as you <coughs> well know, Dave, <coughs> Thomas has finally given us an uh, expensive NDA. I know, I know. I'm just winding <laughs> you up because you did tell me all the gossip beforehand, but it's gossip we cannot repeat. <laughs> no, and there was and there was some pretty juicy bits of gossip well so that that's not coming out but um uh, but i yes. don't know what what can we say i think one thing i'm i'm going to say here which may be risking the wrath of thomas and his nda is martin said that he was working on the long awaited um next book in the mutant year zero saga which is mutant year zero ad astra so i'm with the team from 
icebreaker and we're all on the train to Essen from Aachen. Um, so, uh, can you guys introduce yourselves? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm Matt Jarvis, I'm the editor in chief of Dicebreaker. Wow! Yeah. <laughs> it's the man himself. Short and sweet, yeah. Um, hi, I'm Olivia Kennedy and I'm a video uh, producer for Dicebreaker. Cool. I'm Alex Lollies, I'm also a video producer. Excellent. Yep, and I'm Alex Meehan. I'm a staff writer for Dicebreaker. Brilliant. So this is real Dicebreaker royalty you've got here. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and uh, so you're on your way to report on Essen. Mm -hmm. uh, are there any particular highlights you're looking forward to? New stuff that you expect to see the first time? I think, to be honest, the highlight is just going to Essen again. <laughs> it's been two years now, so it just feels like, yeah, we just haven't had a year of many events at all. So just being able to see so many games and so many people in one space is going to be exciting by itself but I'm always kind of there are always the big ones obviously so like I say big I'm, mm. I'm excited for Scout by Oink which I don't think you can call big but like mm. Oink always do interesting games but I think some of the things that I love Essen for the most are just wandering around and discovering a game I've never heard I'm of before gems, by yeah. yeah exactly so yeah I'm I'll be just browsing and hoping to find things that to be honest, I'm not expecting at all. I think that'll be the real highlight for me. Brilliant. Yeah. I made I made a list. Um, nice. uh, I don't know off the top of my heart, but I will look at when we're there. Mm -hmm. And also, yeah, just I've you know I've been going to Essen the last four or five years, and I find the best way sometimes is just to walk around, have a look around, also listen to what other people are talking about. Um, you know, I've got lots of people right like friends and stuff like that um, who work in the industry or who just love board games and listening to what they've been playing and what they're enjoying is always a good way to find some gems I think. Um, this is like a huge learning experience for me because I joined the Dicebreaker team like four months ago now I think something yeah. like that yeah yeah but um so yeah uh, this is my first trip to um to Essen uh and um and yeah I'm looking forward to kind of properly immersing, immersing myself and like getting to know in the industry, so yeah. Mm, yeah, no, that's a big draw for me going. It's, uh, we've not really had a chance to sort of mingle and network, as it were, mm. with the industry uh, and kind of meet people we've not met before and meet people in person that we know. <laughs> oh no! Planmäßige Ankunftszeit 14:16. Ausstieg rechts. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think the, as for games, uh, both Matt and I are really hyped for a game called Crash Octopus. Oh, yeah, Crash oh, Octopus. How yeah. could I have forgotten about Crash Octopus? Um, it looks so good. It's Itten. It's Itten, Itten yes. Yeah. yeah um, it's, a it's a dexterity game where you have to avoid octopus tentacles and stack mm -hmm. things on boats. And as soon as we saw that, it was announced like earlier this year, I think. And we saw it was going to be at Essen, we were like, there's only one thing on our minds, and it's Crash Octopus. Uh, other than that, I think Dune House Secrets is probably one of the biggest ones there that I've read a lot about and written about. Um, and gosh, I mean, I wrote a preview about it, but a lot of that information just comes out of your ear after <laughs> like a bit of time. But um, yeah, it's very exciting. It's our first trip to Essen as a group. So, yeah. 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 Now, of course, um, I'm going to be at the Free League stand most of the time, so I'm not going to be able to. See, well, hopefully we'll get some time off to wander around and see some of the best. Are you going to come to the three league stand? Yeah, yeah, I'm, course, yeah. yeah, I'm really intrigued about like Tales from the Loop. I've not actually played my set. It's been on the long list of RPGs that I just constantly add to. Like that looks great. I think we have a copy in the office. That we've just not had the chance to play yet. But 
I'm kind of intrigued to see how the board game uh, adapts that, because, yeah, yeah, it, does, no, it just has an interesting setting, I think, so I'm intrigued to see what you've done with the cult board game nature of it versus the RPG. Yeah, well, we're going to have Martin Takeshi, the designer uh, of the board game, on the stand, uh, so if you want to come and have a chat with him about how he's translated that, then you'll be sure to do that. Um, just touching on Dice Breaker, actually, because that's... Yeah, we so we launched in well, we actually launched at the end of November 2019. So when uh, we attended Essen, which wasn't the whole team even at that point because the website was still taking shape, we didn't actually have a website. <laughs> so this is the first Essen where the website has existed just because of everything that happened last year. So yeah, it's exciting just to be able to get out, have every, almost everybody out. So what really sort of content will people be able to see post or even during Essen so, on the website? The plan is that we'll. Our plan is basically just to play as much as possible. Mm. Uh, really, like I say, really dig out the interesting things, some things that people might already know about, and we'll hopefully get some hands-on time with them and be able to give an idea of exactly how they play and if they're kind of living up to any hype that might be behind them. I think also a lot of it is just going to be say seeking out those things that people just don't know about at all and hopefully just giving like throwing a bit of a spotlight on them so hopefully on the video side we'll have like some previews and vlogs and definitely i I think we're going to be yeah trying to work in as many uh playthroughs as possible so that we can kind of um go to our youtube channel which is youtube.com um and do a few talk throughs of what we played and like highlight stuff that we've been really excited about and like kind of review and um and then do that during but then also Afterwards, we'll just be yeah, doing as much as possible. Because this is going to come out about a week afterwards, so okay, right. um, <laughs> we're not going to catch any uh, the live the live shows as well. Hopefully, yeah. there'll be plenty on the website and YouTube channel. <laughs> I'm sure there'll be more to come over the weeks to come as well. So, if you want to know where to find us, we are on dicebreaker.com. We're on YouTube.com/slash/dicebreaker, and you can follow us on Twitter at joindicebreaker. We're also on Instagram or Facebook. Basically, search dicebreaker. <laughs> You'll find yeah, us. <laughs> it's Sunday morning. And uh, Anna and I are going to be here till the very last end of the day. And then we're uh, packing up, breaking down and packing up. So uh, I've got a bit of a longer lunch break and an earlier lunch break this morning. And I thought I'd just uh, give us here at the Effect Podcast a little bit of a tour of where we are. We were in Hall 5. No, Hall 6, I think. Yeah, Hall 6, which is... The entrance to, well, one end of the, uh, the entrance at one end of this enormous show. And the first thing that happens at 10 o'clock every morning is these big doors are raised and this huge surge of people come in from the, effectively the north entrance of the, uh, of the show. Uh, there's more people, I think, coming in on the south entrance, and they're coming in through halls one and two, and we'll get to those in a while. I'm wondering around, there's not much in the way of actual role-playing here. We've got, um, well, I'll put some pictures up on the on the blog, I guess, to, so you can see what I'm talking about. But um, we're, I think, the only... Um, uh, we've got Erwerk, the German uh, sort of publisher of role-playing games. Uh, we haven't got all that many other ones. We've got RPG battle map books, which are very popular, low-key battle maps. We've got um, the bolt-action guys, which, of course, have to do with role-playing. That's miniatures combat. Um, and I'm heading now out through the back of Hall 6, 
uh, to go and get some lunch. But I'll give you a bit of a tour, and I'm hoping to be able to catch Nigel from GamesQuest, who, of course, have been distributing a lot of Free League's products over the years, and will be distributing, uh, coming soon, uh, Twilight 2000 and, uh, and Putrescence Regnant, for those of you who are Merc Boy fans. But before we do that, I'm going to come out the back of this hall and I'm going to queue up for a burger. I'll talk to you again soon. So one of the things, uh, while I'm waiting for my burger, about Essen is, I think the food is generally better than at most UK shows. Um, it's not to say that a show in London doesn't have a whole bunch of great places outside to go to, but I'm talking about what's on site here. Um, they, uh, this is kind of just off site, as it were. There's a, I'm in a parking lot where a number of food trucks have pulled up. Um, had a great burger uh, at one of these places a couple of days ago. I'm going to have another one with avocado uh, right now. But um, even the, the hall catering, as it were, the, you know, the basic uh, cafeteria inside these is pretty good. A uh, couple of days now, I've eaten a curryversed and fries, which has been entirely adequate. Nice, crispy chips, um, spicy curryversed. Uh, curryversed is obviously a Berlin speciality, but um, I guess it's spread all over Germany now. Right now I'm in the um, in the Galleria, which is an enormous atrium that connects kind of the two halves of the the Mesa, which is the conference center uh, or convention center or exhibition halls here at Essen. On one side we've got halls two and three, and beyond them hall one, and on the other side, well, interestingly kind of tunnels that go across what will tomorrow be a car park uh, to halls five, four, five, six, and seven. Hall four hasn't got anything in it at the moment. So I'm told by the regulars there are fewer exhibitors here this year than there were a couple of years ago. But hey, at least it's not virtual like last year's. Uh, I don't know what the crowds are like really. But um, they, you know, we've been pretty busy these last few days. We've sold out of a lot of stock, so I'm guessing the crowds are okay, even if they are, or they may be down on last year. So as I'm walking the length of the Galleria, I'm passing uh, stands with plushies, lots of opportunities for children's games. There's a... Uh, a space truckers uh, exhibit which uh, um, you know, has got a sort of like life-size version of space truckers on it um, and that's interesting because we oh no, no not called space truckers it's called galaxy truckers that's it um, and we've just taken range of a new box version of galaxy truckers at the game shop where I am currently working there's a doner kebab stand in this galleria as well. Another, you know, opportunity to get food. Um, reasonable cost. I don't feel, you know, these are relatively high prices, I'm guessing, for snacks. Well, the beer is cheap here. Uh, yeah, quite large bottles of 
quite strong beer for four euros, which obviously is um, less than four quid. Not that I'm drinking on duty. Uh, one of the things that impresses me in here in the Galleria is a great big packaging company that will sell you a cardboard box for between four and seven euros and you can fill it with the games you've bought here and it will get sent to your home obviously not for the four and seven euros i think postage is on top of that but um i wonder whether that's the sort of thing that uk games expo might see if they can persuade a company to uh, to come in and offer that service and now I'm heading into Hall 3. I'm heading into Hall 3 because I know Hall 3 is where I can find the guys from Games Quest. And I'm going to go and see if I can get an appointment with them to have a chat with them about the fulfillment process. I don't know whether you're picking up on the noise here, but some of these halls of course have uh, different acoustics to others and this is one where but I'm glad I'm not I'm, I'm glad I'm in hall uh, six where our stand is and not this one I think the general hubbub in this hall would wear me out mentally uh, just as I'm trying to hear people you know I'm a bit deaf uh, this is the sort of thing that if I put my hearing aids in it would ex um, it would be really annoying because all of this would be amplified in my ears and I wouldn't actually hear the people I'm speaking to. Um, one of the interesting things about Essen over game shows that we, or that we have like UK Games Expo is the presence of service companies who are selling to the games industry. So I'm passing here a very professional looking stand for Watts Games and Watts Games provide manufacturing services to game designers. Um, I don't know about the cost for that and I can't imagine it's the cheapest way of doing it but I guess if it's your first game and you're really struggling uh, Cowboy Bebop Space Serenade Oh, this is a stand of games based on Japanese IPs, I, I'm guessing Japanese games. Um, no, I won't look at that, I won't be tempted. Uh, but yeah, there are these professional, and this is why Games Quest are here. They're not, they're not selling like they do at UK Games Expo. The retail department isn't here selling games that they distribute. No, um, they've got a little tiny stand really that is nothing more than an office. And they're going around here touting for business, I think, and bringing people back to the office to talk about what they can offer in terms of fulfillment services. Some of the shops here have very efficient sort of queuing systems in here. Some of them are set up more like shops than market stands. There's one here that I'm just passing, which uh, it's got an in and an out, it's a Queen Games. Uh, and it seems to be really very organised. In and out and out past a till and then another door for staff only, which I'm guessing is a little uh, respite room for staff to have their lunches or whatever without um, 
without uh, getting without getting um, caught in the crush. And I've just realised I've uh, looking at that shop. I've passed the turning where I can find uh, Games Quest. So I'm going to sign off now. Go and talk to Games Quest and see if I can fix an appointment with them now or later. Um, so see you in a bit. Coffee is the next thing in line after my burger, however, um, I'm, but I'm still wandering around, uh, uh, looking at stuff and um, sharing it with you. So one of the things I'm seeing back at the Asian stall, Japanime Games, is a new edition of Big Eyes Small Mouth, fourth edition, uh, which is a... Uh, a storied, shall we say, RPG um, featuring characters with big eyes and small mouths, as you might expect in with a title like that. Um, I'm really intrigued to see it. Uses the Tristat system. I remember that happening. It's produced in China, and it's copyright White Wolf Entertainment, but is actually published by. Discami Publishing Company. Um, let's have a look through there. Uh, stats for giant living robots. Uh, this is a sort of, I think, character creation. I wonder how it works. Um, and there's... Well, I see. There may be a kind of... Um, oh, no, no, no. So the, the girl in her underwear is on the cover of the... Um, the simplified version, which is called Big Eyes, Small Mouth, Naked. Yeah, I think it might be time to move on. So one of the things that I find interesting is uh, that um, the number of um, stores that use uh, IKEA, Ivar shelving as their uh, shelving solution for uh, shows and exhibitions like this. Um, interesting, I would have thought it was a, a bit heavy, but maybe it is an efficient way of storing games. I guess with adjustable shelf sizing, you can, uh, you can make it fit pretty much whatever games you're stocking. What I like about Essen is these, um, it's all built as one, it's planned very well. So there is access to, hello again. There is access to, uh, to each of the halls, uh, truck, truck access and parking around the halls to make sure that you can get your stock and stand into your pitch within all the halls. But these, uh, you drive through um, kind of bridges that uh, doors are then or under I should say gantries which doors are then uh, folded back allowing you to drive around uh, on you know breakdown and setup days and then those doors are closed and the gantries become safe passages for the uh, punters between the different stands but also out here in the car park Cafes can be set up. Again, some more catering here. Um, lots of beer for sale here in Germany. Lots of beer for sale. 
but I'm keeping myself, I'm keeping myself fresh and uh, active for the day. So not beer for me, it'll be coffee. Lots of regular Essen goers have either trolleys, pulled high with games, or um, or fancy sort of game bags with with um, with wheels, but are designed especially for the games. Uh, so box box sized, so you can stack boxes one on top of each other, and side openings so you can pull a box out of the uh, bottom of your pile if you want to have a quick game while you're wandering around. Lots of those here. Lots of people buying lots of games. Oh, and ahead of me, I can see a Segafredo um, a flag, which suggests a halfway decent coffee. Let me go and investigate. I don't imagine they're going to get China cups, of course. Uh, a place like this, it's going to be paper all the way. Oh, there may even be China cups. Let me try. Let me see if I can uh, get an espresso here. Oh. Oh ho! Well, this is a place where I can sit down and uh, maybe take a coffee. Yeah, you take a seat. Proper cafe with tablecloths and possibly china cups and possibly delicious cakes. So, um, given it's an extended lunch hour, um, let me see if I get waiter service as well or whether I have to go to the bar. Yay! A civilised society knows that you can only have an espresso in a china cup. And this cafe, which with the tablecloths, has indeed come good on an espresso in a china cup. So I'm going to have that for a while. Um, so yeah, that was great, Matthew. It's a pity that uh, I couldn't make Essen this year. It would have been nice, but it just wasn't really doable with everything else for me. But um, maybe next year. Uh, but I think we've talked for long enough for one day, don't you? I think so. This has been quite a lot of you and I chatting, which is obviously gold dust, but, you know, may just bore people sometimes. So um, next time, next time we are away. Well, what are we? We're going to be away on our retreat next time, but I hope that we will have already made an episode that features the interview about fulfillment with James Quest. Ah, yes. OK, cool. Cool. And then the episode after that, maybe we will be... Um, presenting some of the material that we recorded reflecting on at, our weekend um, yeah weekend yes cool okay then well on that note then uh everyone have a great week weekend day whatever and um it's, it's have a great halloween that's the festival you are thinking of no no it wasn't actually but um yeah that too um but yeah so it's goodbye from me finally and it's goodbye from me eventually and may the icons bless your adventures you have been listening to the effect podcast presented by fiction suit and the rpg gods music stars on a black sea used with permission of free league publishing